Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul. I, of course, am Jesse Mogul. Hope you check me out on iTunes. Make sure you're checking out my website, MediaMogul.com. Obviously, I'm on Facebook at MediaMogul. All the other social media channels at Jesse Mogul. Love to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's topic is all about love. But wait, wait, wait. Don't, uh, don't just say I'm out of here. I don't care about love. This is love in the age of technology. And this goes for people who are single. This can go for people who are married. It doesn't matter where you are in a relationship. Technology plays a vital role in how we all communicate with one another, especially when it comes to being in love, falling in love, finding the right person, or just overall the way we interact with somebody that we care about. And this isn't like friend stuff where you can get back whenever you want to and it doesn't really matter if you always say the right thing. In the space of trying to fall in love and this is this is something that I've dealt with in Los Angeles pretty deeply because it's such a busy city there if you if I live in Hollywood if somebody lives in Santa Monica that might only be 10 miles away but during the wrong time of the day that can be an hour and a half and so you find yourself limiting where you're willing to find a mate even find somebody to date based on where they live i dated a girl who lived up by the van nuys airport for a little bit it would take her two hours to get here after work because of the traffic on the 405 that relationship lasted about two months (laughs) but more importantly we're going to discuss just the many ways that technology can actually impede a deep meaningful connection now we all let's let's go into number one. Uh, the deep meaningful connection when it comes to dating apps can be difficult because of uh, just the many tangibles that are in there. There's the pictures. There's what do they put in their profile? Do they like Mexican? Do they drink? Do they smoke? There's all these things that get in the way of the initial contact. That if you met somebody out at a bar or an art museum or just out somewhere actually in public face to face, you wouldn't even know about them until maybe you'd already obtained a desire, a want, a need for them physically, mentally, whatever, sexually it might be, there's at least been some sort of connection that's been made before you go deciding whether or not this person person is allowed to have space in your life. With a dating app, do you guys remember back when the internet was just really blowing up? It was about the mid-90s. A website came out called Hot or Not. And I remember there being articles in the newspaper and on CNN about this website, Hot or Not. And basically people just posted their pictures up on there and people either picked that they were hot or they were not. Now, this might sound crazy to you guys or maybe it doesn't depending on how old you are. But in essence, that is exactly what Tinder and Match.com and all of these dating apps and websites are. It's your chance to decide if somebody is hot or not and then swipe left or swipe right. Now, I remember the outrage that society seemed to have over people just randomly deciding if people were attractive or not. And of course, you know that what people look like when they're attractive. It's not too hard to figure out who obviously got higher rankings on Hot or Not's website or not. That's pretty evident. You can't necessarily see that with Tinder, but if you put, you know, a Victoria's Secret model on there and have her go by some random regular name, that person's going to get swiped right on over and over and over and over and over again. She's going to have 
5,000 connections uh, if she liked any of those people. She's going to at least have 5,000 guys. If she were to swipe right on any one of them, they would have swiped right on her. That's going to be a given. Same thing with dudes. You're sitting there with you know 16-pack abs. There's not going to be a girl out there who's not going to swipe right on you, even if you're a moron. The problem with that is that not everyone's always going to look like that. You know, you present your perfect life on social media and on the computer because you're you have the opportunity, you have that time to do so. The screen allows for that alter, altered state of personality because you're the one who puts that information out there. If somebody puts a picture of you on Facebook and tags you in it you're not happy with, you can untag yourself. If they're a good friend of yours, you can even ask them to take it down. And I would highly recommend all of the youth out there who is in, you know, in their teens. Hopefully you guys have realized by now that posting stupid pictures of yourself passed out or having your friends do so or uh, pictures of you, you know, beer bonging is not the best idea. I am certainly glad that there's not pictures of me from Ball State or the University of Florida floating around out there because my uh, my potential to become president of the world would be drastically diminished because of some of these pictures. And certainly I don't have, uh, you know, because I'm in the, the 30 to 40-year-old range. Yes, I'm 41. That's just the fact of the matter. Uh, because I'm at that age, I wasn't raised to just share everything on social media. In fact, I, I used to go social media dark days and days and days on end because I would drink heavily. Um, and I didn't want to get on social media and post stupid things, but I would still wake up from a pretty good night of drinking and immediately go on there and make sure I didn't post anything ridiculous. And I would definitely take anything down that I thought would be ridiculous. Because um, you're, you're, you, yes, you, you can cultivate a perfect life through Instagram and its multiple filters, but you don't want to be posting things up there that just blatantly make you look ridiculous. Um, and that's the problem with the social media with with just the computer in general is that it's become the center of our desire um, there's an obsession that we have with broadcasting out every little aspect of our lives especially the perfect moments I've watched my friends men and women sit there and take 47 selfies to make sure that they get the right angle and the right lighting and then they can use the right filter and it's like you just spent 10 minutes just posting a picture of yourself sitting at a restaurant I don't understand why on earth you think that that is that important that everybody's going to care. But when you post it, if you don't get you know your usual number of likes, you're going to go find out your friends and why they didn't like your stupid little picture, and you're going to get upset about it. And it's you know I I know some friends who have a lot of babies. In fact, I feel like my Instagram and my Facebook feed are just jacked full of babies right now, and that's great. Everyone have babies. Be happy about your babies. That's awesome. I don't mind them at all. I don't unfollow people for it. I don't write stupid comments. Uh, although I do have this theory about kids who misbehave being locked in a closet with a raccoon. But that's just something that some people have thought was quite funny. Some people have thought was quite disturbing. Not the point of this podcast. Um, but what is is that no one's posting pictures of the kid, you know, throwing the diaper up against the wall or screaming and crying at two in the morning. You just get to see the adorable baby pictures of them looking oh so cute so everyone can like, like, and love, love. And 
we all know that that's not what's happening on a day-to-day basis. We know that that's not every single moment of the day, but who posts a picture of their crying kid or, you know, their arm with pee all over it while they were changing the diaper and the kid just does whatever the kid does. You know, the dog ripping the garbage bag open. No, you don't see that picture. You just see the cute little puppy with its head poking out from underneath the covers and everyone's like, aww, but you don't see the doo-doo on the floor that he put there overnight because you were sleeping and he needed to go potty. Um, that we do this with ourselves as well. We take just the right picture, just the right angle. We broadcast exactly what it is that we want people to see. And one of the things is that we've become conditioned to share these private moments. Um, and because we become conditioned to share these private moments, we feel like we have to put this very, very strict filter on them. We, uh, uh, and then you have to ask yourself, have we become insincere? because of the fact that we can cultivate this entire persona online that may not necessarily, most of the time, is probably not necessarily how we live our day-to-day lives. Not every single moment is always great. I remember I do not watch the Kardashians, but I do remember dating a girl who did, and she had it on the television, and I think something happened at in their kitchen where like the dog, there was poop all over the place. It was something ridiculous. They showed this on the show, which I, I was amazed that they would do because I just feel like the Kardashians put their entire lives through 87 filters to make sure you only see the best things possible and because their lives tend to look awesome and perfect we also want our lives to look awesome and perfect and therefore we start to manipulate the truth you know whether it's happy sad fear confidence we're manipulating the truth about our lives to gain the the hearts the likes the comments, the shares, um, which is, which is no, just, uh, it's, look, it, I think it's quite understandable. If I'm going to go out there and I'm going to share something about what I've done, I recently got sober. I've been sober now for six months. I'm also living in Hollywood. You know, I'm, I'm working towards a career in television, internet, t- kind of TV show hosting. I want to have my own motorcycle travel show. I want to be a public speaker and talk to people about how to better their lives and how to refocus their energies by getting by removing the vices and the things that are the maladies if you will that are causing people to have hang-ups in their life and not to achieve their ultimate true self in order to gain all of this in order to get my voice out there in order to get a following in order to have people know who I am so when I go into these casting directors offices they they even give a damn who I am I have to be doing all of this in the public eye. I was talking to my friend Ross last night, and he said he was going to give me some critiques. And he he was specifically listening to the Ariana Grande podcast. And like I was having some problems in that podcast, understanding okay, Islam is the religion, Muslims are the people. That's that's it's it's clear now. Um, you know, or is that, you know, I don't even know. I'm going to have a conversation with him. I've been reading up about it. Even now, I probably butchered that. But that's not the point. The point was he said he was going to give me some feedback. And I said, brutal honesty is all I'm looking for here and because I'm trying to get better. But the only way to get better at this is to broadcast it out there and have people hear me and have me have the confidence to, to post things that may or may not always be great. Uh, and because of that, I don't always, I'm not able to put that perfect filter on every single thing I do. And uh, let's face it, I'm, no one's going to really, no one's going to post themselves hungover, laying on the floor, feeling like death. You know, uh, people tend to just show exactly what they want to show. 
And that goes back to the dating sites and the whole dating and just interpersonal relationships in general. And you have to wonder, is what you see on social media, is what you is what people are posting, uh, what you're getting through their phones, whether it's the quick text messages, the nonsensical banner that they're doing, the emojis that are sent out, you know, actual cons actual conversations are falling to the wayside in favor of these quick little you know 140 character uh, whippets back and forth at each other i know i've gotten myself in a texting conversation texting thread with a girl who i like who i've met via one of the social media apps or maybe it was at one of the red carpets i used to attend and she says something and then you're you know, she texts something and so you want to text back something witty maybe you jump on google to find something funny to say about a band she just mentioned or you sit there and delete the text message that you wrote 17 times and try to figure out the right emoji because you got to come off as witty or not needy or or needy enough or more needy who knows what the hell she wants who knows what the hell i want out of the entire thing and so you end up just rather than having that instant communication that goes back and forth where you can read the person's body language you can see their face you can get the satire you can understand where their banter is coming from now it's just if i if i so if i say something sarcastic i've got to pick the right emoji that displays to them that i was being sarcastic or now they think i'm a dick and I'm just, that wasn't even my point. I'm a very sarcastic person. I want to live inside of the television shows Seinfeld and Friends, where you're just constantly, you know, bantering back and forth, and you're just—it's like your little pokey. You just, you just you do these little things where you just poke them, just to make just to make light of them in the situation, just to you know, keep everybody humble. You know, don't let don't allow hubris to go overboard. So love in the technology age, you know, we've discussed how we're trying to present our perfect life, how these computers have become the, the center of everything that we do now. I'm on the airplane the other day and this woman, she gets the Southwest uh, Wi-Fi set up before the plane even takes off and then sits there on her phone for the entire three hours just doing things minding, mind-numbingly fast, uh, looking at houses. I'm not trying to... to to peep into this woman's life but she's got an ipad it's pretty obvious it sits right next to me there's only so many things i can see and she's diagonal across from me at the aisle so it was even easier it wasn't like it was side by side and i had a, she couldn't even tell i was watching and i wasn't all the time i'm not a fucking weirdo <laughs> but what i'm trying to say is that you know it was just constantly swipe swipe on apartments uh, email email swipe swipe then she's on social media and she's like like liking and then she jumps onto tinder and she swipes swipe and i don't even know how tinder works whenever you're thirty thousand feet in the air but she was on some sort of dating app and it looked like the interface could have been tinder um but the point was is that face just glued to this ipad the entire time now i'm not always up for conversations on an airplane. I love nothing more than the fact that I've got my earbuds in and I'm able to listen to some music and read my book. But back in the day, those random conversations on an airplane were quite enlightening. I remember having one uh, when I was going to college at University of Florida. I was just returning from my, burying my mother and um, this woman sat down next to me and she was about my mother's age and she started going into some of the losses in her life. I don't remember every single thing to a T, but I remember that she had recently lost some loved ones. And when I told her about my mother, it was just amazing the words this woman started to share with me. And I walked away feeling lighthearted and better and 
just more free to allow myself the sadness of the moment, but to also know that strength would be following right behind it. And nowadays, those conversations aren't happening anymore. The random conversation at a coffee shop doesn't occur because everyone's got earbuds in and they're staring at screens. And those random times you just run into people, that, that might have been somebody worth dating. There was a little, quick little video that showed up on Facebook not too long ago of this guy needing the directions and his phone wasn't working. So he asked a woman for directions and it, she ends up walking him up a little ways to point out which way he needs to go. Clearly a conversation started. They ex exchanged phone numbers and then the video plays out where they ultimately end up old and married. And, you know, it, it was a cute little, they did all this in about a minute, minute and a half. Um, then the video, then at the end of that portion of the video, it reboots and, and it starts back over at the beginning where his phone does work and he is able to use his map app and he walks right by this woman. And the idea being that every single day that we're staring at our phones is a missed interaction and it could be a chance for a deep, meaningful friendship, relationship. It, it could, it's just a missed opportunity that we'll never even know. We'll never even know that we missed or we'll never even know that was there. It's like whenever you say encouraging positive words to someone and you really brighten up their day, they feel stronger, they feel ready to attack whatever the challenge was ahead of them, and then they go off and you don't know who they talk to, but then they start sharing your words to the next person. They're paying it forward, and you don't know that it's been paid 50, 100, 2,000 people forward. You don't know anything about that. You just know that at that moment you helped that person. That's the kind of thread that we're missing today. You don't know what kind of connection that you could have made. Um, you, and, and because you don't know, you, therefore you don't even know you're missing out on anything. Um, and missing out, there is a, there's something to be said for that fear of missing out and constantly putting yourself in positions where you're wasting your time trying to be around everybody to make sure that you have the perfect picture to post for that night that shows that you're fun and you're outgoing and you're doing cool stuff when it's okay to sit at home on a Saturday night and do your blog and build your website and read a book and watch some Tour de France. Those are, those are, it's okay. You know, I live in Los Angeles. We don't live on the normal schedule everyone else does. My weekend isn't necessarily your weekend. I don't work for Saturdays and Sundays. You know, I might go off and go to an amazing event on a Tuesday night, and it doesn't have to be my weekend. Uh, the rest, you know, a lot of the people in the middle of America plugged into the Matrix, they're working for the weekend, and I've got a lot of friends do that. And I also have a lot of friends who have jobs that are not of the normal nine to five schedule. And so they might want to go out and get drunk on a Monday night or a Wednesday night because they don't work the next morning. And so we're all living in this different schedule than we used to. And the, the phones along with that are just keeping us less and less connected with each other. So let's finish up on the dating apps because I'm getting to about 18, 20 minutes here. And what I, what's get, what fascinates me with these dating apps is it's, I mean, I love them. I get on them. I like to screw around with them. I usually am like a tender dude for like two or three days, and then I get bored of it. And, you know, I'm texting somebody back and forth, and work overtakes it, it. And I don't even go back and pay attention to who's liked me back and who hasn't liked me back. But because you get this quick swipe right, 
swipe left mentality, you're basically just looking at the pictures. You know, sometimes you look at the profile and it says they like Mexican food or they like puppy dogs or they, they like Transformers, whatever it might be. And you're like, oh, okay. But most of the time you're just going, are they hot or not? And this happens more often with guys than girls. But back in the day, you know, guys could date outside their league because you actually met the woman face to face and she would find you funny and interesting. And maybe you guys had a shared interest in Jack. Kerouac or something like that and next thing you know you have an awesome relationship going and you may not have met each other outside of that opportunity um, another thing that I feel like these dating apps also help cultivate is a sense that there are plenty of fish in the sea I have an issue where I, because of my age and because I've dated a lot I, there's certain little BS things I just won't tolerate in my life. I was telling my sister-in-law the other day that I have actually broken up with girls because they snore. This might seem like a ridiculous reason to break up with somebody, but at the same time, if somebody snores, and I know that there's a dating app waiting for me where there's another 10,000 girls who have similar interests to mine, maybe they don't snore, then... If I'm only a couple weeks or a month into the relationship and I haven't really got a deep connection with them at this point, in can you in 30 days? I guess you know in rom-coms you can. Um, why not? Why not leave them? And you guys might think that sounds crazy and harsh, but if you're if you've been single in the last 10 years when these dating apps have pro proliferated, you have done you have broke you have swiped left on people for stupider reasons. You have broken up and stopped texting somebody back for more irrational reasons than snoring. Snoring is a deep one. I mean, come on. I'm trying to sleep here. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you over there sawing logs all night. Um, and it's, it, and it, it's, I'm sure I've let go of great people that could have been um, deep and meaningful in my life because of something that's as inconsequential as snoring. But to me, it seems consequential. Um, also... the amount of effort that you'll put in just knowing that you have to merely pick up your phone and go onto another site it it's going to make people cut people for stupid reasons or it's what what I also think it does is I think it causes people to date multiple people at the same time I've now I've not ever been good at this in college my friends called me a serial monogamous because I would take what should have basically been a one-night stand and turn it into a two-month relationship and I would just go from a series of two months relationships and I do this for years on end and I just you know that's just how I dated you know I I'm not I feel like I should get to know them a little bit more if I'm going to sleep with them in the first week. And even if I start to see problems right off the bat, I already know in my head that the relationship isn't going to last longer than 60 days. So what's, you know, a few more weeks of having fun with them while I go off and find the other person that's going to be following them. And I did this in my 30s or my 20s uh, greatly. It was, it was my dating, my preferred dating method. Um, but I couldn't sleep with multiple partners and my metaphor or my analogy for this has always been that how can you know if you really like someone if you've also got somebody else on your mind or if somebody else is getting ready to text you or you're with person A and you're also texting person B. If you're sitting down at a plate full of awesome Mexican food, I also don't want Italian at the same time and I don't want cheesecake at the same time. I just want to eat my plate of Mexican food.
Now, some people might say, well, Jesse, you've got a taco and a burrito and enchilada and chips and dips and guacamole. So you're going to be able to eat all of those things at the same time. So isn't that just like dating? Well, no, because it's I'm, I'm mixing and matching things in your mouth. That sounds weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all still the same plate of food. The person is the same plate of food. You know, to me, the analogy goes that you know that person might like Star Wars movies and also like might like hiking and yoga, and might like sitting down and watching you know the Kim Kardashian show. That's to me the enchilada, the taco. That's all of it. You're eating all of it. You're enjoying all of their flavors, but you're only enjoying their flavors, and you're not trying to break off of that plate. And it's like, how can your palate possibly know if it likes Mexican food if you're also mixing in marinara with it? Um, you've got the competition factor too, um, because if an important day comes up, or you know, let's say you're dating three women at one time, or ladies, three men, and you've told all three of them that you have this big proposal coming up, this big assignment, this big school project, this big you know audition in your life coming up, and you tell all three of them, you're going to. Put, be you're going to have a competition mindset with these three guys, these three girls. And you're going to be thinking, who cares the most? Who sends me the text message right before I go into the test? Who sends me the text message right after I get out of the audition? It's a competition thing where the other person may have just not been able to do anything on their phone at the time. This instant communication is, is just not a rational way to expect everyone to constantly be able to communicate. I cannot always be on my phone. Right now, if someone were to text me, I'm not going to stop this podcast to pick up the phone to text them. Just If somebody calls, just because you have time to call right now doesn't mean I have time to answer. I might want to talk to you for five minutes or 20 or an hour. I don't know what it is that you want to talk about. Send me a quick text message. Hey, just need to confirm some plans for Wednesday. Perfect. That's a five-minute phone conversation. Hey, my dog just turned into a gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex and it destroyed my house. That's probably a conversation that's going to take a little time. I'm not going to be able to knock that out in between my Pomodoros. Um, And so it's saying all of that. You know, can we be compelling in real life? Can you be okay with not every moment being perfect? Can you be okay with being alone? We live in a society that because of our phones, we never really have to sit with ourselves if we don't want to. We can constantly be doing something that takes our mind off of whatever we want it to be taken off of or to distract us. I spend a lot of time in my head daydreaming. It's where I come up with some of my best ideas. It's also where I come up with some of my worst ideas. But I am very comfortable being alone with my own thoughts. I do meditate. I do yoga. I do some things that try to quiet my mind, but I am not afraid of what my mind might tell me or what my mind might show me. And I can definitely differentiate between irrational and rational thought. Not so much back when I used to drink, but definitely now. And so if you're having these issues with love in the 21st century and with the dating apps, uh, if you're having a problem with your spouse or your girlfriend, remember that posting about it on social media is not the answer. It's like a team. You know, if the quarterback loses the game because of a last-second interception and then the cornerback comes out and says, the defense took care of their jobs, why does the quarterback suck so much? And he says this to the media. Everyone says there's a divided locker room. Why are they going to the media? Why aren't they handling this in-house? And you need to think of that yourself. 
that your friendships or your love life, your relationships, I feel like I've buried the lead because this is some powerful stuff I'm saying right now. you got to listen to what I'm saying right now. Keep it in the locker room, okay? There is, you, there is a time and a place for letting people know that you've gotten through a hard time or that you had a disagreement. And that should be after you've already had makeup sex. <laughs> you know, yes, you're trying, you, you don't always want to be cultivating the perfect, beautiful, filtered Instagram life out there for everyone to see. You want to show them your hardships. You want to show them that life can be difficult. But that does not mean going out there and talking smack about your significant other or one of your friends because you want everyone to be on your side. That's just piddly. That that's bitch mindset right there. And if you do that, you've got to seriously question, what are your motives? What, what, what are you trying to accomplish when you do something like that? Because if you think that by getting a bunch of likes and a bunch of hearts and a bunch of double taps and a, and a bunch of comments stating that we side with you is going to immediately mean that these people are going to turn their back on that other person or they're not going to be going on the other side and texting them saying, oh my God, you should see what Bobby's saying about you. I cannot believe this. It's That's just not the way you should be dealing with problems in your life. It, do not go out there and blast out to the whole world that you have a that you have a problem with someone or something just so that you can get a bunch of people to be on your side and you can feel like you, whatever decision you made is the best decision is rational whatever it might be that's a whole nother topic as far as Facebook and politics and religion and everything else I'm not even going to touch that right now but in closing because of the way technology is invaded our lives so ferociously it's permeated every single aspect of the american culture and in, in, in so many ways the rest of the world as well i don't go to europe enough to know what they're doing over there but i bet you they're staring at glowing little screens you have to just ask yourself what is it that i'm trying to accomplish and could it be better accomplished in person and don't forget that just because you swiped right on somebody because they also like Mexican food and Transformers that they're going to be the perfect fit for you. That is not how this game works. You're, everyone does not live in a filter. I have pretty crazy hair. I call it cotton candy hair because when I wake up in the morning, it looks like I've stuck my finger in an electric socket or I'm Yahoo Sirius's long lost cousin. Um, Google that person. You'll see what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I have great moments and I have amazing times and I can definitely made people laugh. And if you only see that one picture and think, oh, wow, okay, they were at, they were at uh, the Rusted Root con concert. I like Rusted Root. I'll like them. Oh, what? He was at a Nine Inch Nails show? That's devil music. Swipe left. You don't even know what else is going on in my life. You don't even know what else I could be offering you. And so not that any of this has happened. I don't even have time to begin to date besides from what I've learned from all of the meetings I go to because of this drinking thing. I'm not even supposed to be dating for the first year um, again that's a whole nother conversation but I really just wanted to talk about love in the age of technology because it just seems like we're so disconnected with one another and there's so little time for actual uh, meaningful present conversations face to face um, it just uh, 
it's disheartening. Is there an answer for it? Uh, leave it in the comments. Go, go on my Facebook page at Media Mogul. Or I'll post this up on there. You know, let's start a conversation about this. What is it that we could do as a society to stop living our lives with a filter? Um, later on, in a different episode, I'm going to talk about how you come, overcome uh, love, deceit, jealousy. A lot of it's just by becoming comfortable in your own skin and uh, not worrying about what everyone thinks about you. Uh, that's a great conversation we're going to have because back in my 20s and 30s, I really cared a lot about what people thought about me. And you know what? Most of those people aren't even in my life now. And if they are, it's just Facebook friends. And I mean, I'm talking Ball State, I'm talking Gainesville. Uh, and I love these people, but I don't, I'm not in their day to day life anymore. And so what they might think about me or feel about me, that's, it's, it's inconsequential to how much energy and enthusiasm I'm going to wake up with today. And that's what you need to be thinking every single night when you go to bed is, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Is this the right way to, to achieve the kind of happiness and success in life that I want? And if every single thing that you do is just looking down at a shiny object and pushing buttons on it to get some sort of social satisfaction that you're living your life correctly, and you don't bother to look up and look in the mirror and say, is what I'm doing actually the best way to, to achieve the life that I want? If you're not doing those things on a regular basis, you are sincerely missing out on what it really means to be human. That's it. Everything's interesting with Jesse Mogul. Love is interesting with Jesse Mogul. Love in the technology age is interesting with Jesse Mogul. Make sure you like, comment, share. Let's start a conversation about this. I know I'm only at episode seven, but that doesn't matter. I'm building something great here. Uh, nothing else. I at least love listening to my own voice. I'll be doing interviews soon on multiple subjects. So I hope you guys are checking me out. Go to my website, MediaMogul.com. Like me on Facebook at MediaMogul. Find me on all other social media channels at Jesse Mogul. This has been Jesse Mogul. Have you heard my name enough? If not, one more time. Everything's interesting with Jesse Mogul. Y'all come back now, you hear?